Welcome to Learners and Leaders, the education podcast where all things literacy, learning, and growth are discussed. Here are your hosts, Huda Harajli and Jennifer Kibbe. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Learners and Leaders, the education podcast. I'm Huda, and I'm joined by Jen. Hey, Jen, how are you? Hello, the sun's out. And we had our first snow in Michigan, so it's still, you know, a treat right now. Nothing else. Um, So we are recording this episode right after Thanksgiving, and the topic on our minds has been surviving holiday stress. Jen, did you know that if you Google how to survive holiday stress, there are 51 million Google results? You know, this is just mind-blowing to me, Um, but I shouldn't be surprised because for us as educators and as moms, aren't we just trying to pack so much in and make everything so very special for our littles? Absolutely. And I think then that tension and that stress, like mom is trying to pack in a lot of things. And then the classroom teacher is trying to pack in a lot of things and daycares are trying to pack in activities and visits with Santa. And it just, it manifests itself as either adult or children tantrums. So we're really excited to dive into this episode with you today. And a little disclaimer, if you find yourself overly stressed or just going through a really hard time right now, Jen and I direct you to episode three with Faye Hamoud, who is the licensed clinical therapist. And she she shared some really good grounding strategies, including sour patches. So I always have sour patches on hand anyway. But Jen, let's jump in. What do you think is the most important part of surviving holiday stress as a parent, as an educator, as a caregiver? Truly, I feel like the idea of sleep and routine. If we stick to that routine of getting our littles into bed at the time that they're used to, I feel like everything else can fall into place and fall into place for us as well. Um, It's when we try and push those limits and keep them up late, miss nap times, we're not getting that self-care that we need that happens when they're sleeping, nor are they. So I think if we start there, we're in really good shape. And I know, Huda, that this is something that you believe in because what's happening right now is we're doing this recording. So my little one just woke up from a nap um, and we're very protective of her nap. So you might be hearing her in the background today, actually, because she's three and she just woke up from her nap and she probably wonders where I am because part of her routine is seeing me. And I truly believe that, Jen, you... That is the million dollar answer right there is keeping routine. So we're not asking anybody to do anything extra. We're just trying to stay on track with our patterns and our traditions because December is a long month. And if we start kind of getting off track, it just makes things really challenging, especially for young children or even, you know, preteens, adults. People and our brains, we like certainty. We like to know, okay, at this time we do this and at that time we do that. So I think this kind of leads us to our second piece of advice, John, which is to be mindful of the activities that we're selecting. 
Absolutely. I I think it's so important. We all have a framework or something in mind that captures the holiday for us. But guess what? We also know that holiday is about our children. And I think when we ask the question, what is it that's important to them? What is it that is going to make it special for them and a memory for them? It does not have to be all of the posts that we see on Instagram. As a matter of fact, I say deviate and pivot away from that, that we don't have to be picture perfect, um, but ask our children how they want to celebrate And it may not be elaborate cookies and elaborate recipes. It might just be a break and bake sugar cookie that we then let them do the decorating. That's a really good point. And I think taking children's lead and following it is so critical because I think children feel like they have a voice. They have a choice. They have personal autonomy. They have self-efficacy. And I think it allows them to feel like, hey, I'm a human being. I get to have a say in how I do things. And as adults, I think sometimes we're so tempted. There's always invitations. There's always somewhere to go. And we sometimes struggle with saying no But saying no is very easy because my toddler says it about a thousand times a day. So saying no in of itself is not difficult. I think sometimes we're socialized and I think social media plays a big, big role in this to do as much as possible and to take pictures of it as much as possible. So I think that mindfulness that, okay, we're going to do fewer things this year, but we're going to do them better. Like you said, Jen, and you know, there is nothing wrong with break and bake cookies, okay? I will hang my hat on those. Absolutely. And there's also nothing wrong with saying, you know what? This year, we're not doing that one. So, um, yes, for certain. Why don't we talk a little bit about that larger umbrella of literacies and what it can look like in the home during holiday time? I know one of the things near and dear to both of our hearts is the idea of wrapping writing around reading. And I know you have some great ideas from when you were in the classroom of ways to get students writing during holiday time. Yes. Oh, you have a great memory from when I was in the classroom. Um, So Jen, and I wanted to say this to our listeners and to each other also, December is a long month, right? And there's no educator out there that says, hey, I'm not going to teach for all of December. We know that teachers will teach to the very last moment before winter break. But we also know that integrating the season and some of the things that are happening can make things easier or more meaningful for educators and caregivers and parents. So one of my favorite activities that you could do either at home, in the classroom, in a daycare setting is writing a letter. If your family doesn't celebrate Christmas necessarily, they can still write a letter to grandma, grandpa, a relative, and put it in the mail. And going through that procedural writing, walking to the mailbox, putting a stamp, 
you know, just doing all those things. And also that gives you a break from screen time because a lot of the holidays are based on, oh, we're just going to watch Hallmark movies, speaking for myself. So giving a chance to write, to read, to connect with others, and to also just kind of tie everything in together. And then so one of my favorite other projects was just literature and reading books out loud that really gave students different experiences. So my last few years in the classroom were in fourth grade. And those were the years that we did holidays around the world. Because Jen, I always struggled with this in the classroom. I struggled with centering one holiday, knowing that not all of my students, not all the children in my classroom celebrated the same holidays. And I really do, didn't want anyone to feel like left out or not included. So Holidays Around the World was a phenomenal unit. There's so many resources out there. And it was a great unit because we read about different traditions around the world. And then we wrote about them and students did a digital presentation. And this was pre-COVID. So this was kind of ahead of the curve. We were using Google Classroom to get this stuff going. But I know your background, sometimes you work with younger students in a small group setting. So what activities do you have? So, you know, I'm just thinking to in the home, um, maybe your two, three, four, five um, holiday tags, having if you are gift giving, because this is a time of year for gift giving, if you work on holiday tags and even just letters to create names, because we know those are our earliest um, making puzzle out of a name and having the children push those letters into place. And even if you're using glue or tape to tape or stickers to tape letters on, gift tags can be a wonderful way to do this. Another way that I always enjoyed, and I know we've talked about the grocery store before in an earlier episode, this is a time of recipes. We come inside and we start to do more of our holiday baking. And I think, you know, getting a little messy. Um, we've, we've had this conversation before of it's okay to have a little bit of planned chaos and allow for the baking and, and cookie recipe and including our children. And that can be a hunt for products in the pantry where you say you're looking for the oil. What sounds do we hear at the beginning of? And taking it down to the simplest thing, opening up that refrigerator and saying, butter. What letter would you expect to see at the beginning of butter? Um, I just think that's very, very exciting for them. And so taking that into the classroom, we do recipe cards. Um, very nice. The, the writing and sharing of things that then might transfer home. So getting that reciprocity between the two, I think they enjoy that. I think so too. And you just reminded me, I know we're literacy girls, but as you're talking about baking, you're measuring. And I mean, my little one knows which 
what we use for a tablespoon, what we use for a cup. So it's very natural. Some of these things just happen naturally throughout the day. And I've noticed that if I'm super focused and not on my phone or not trying to do a million things at once, I can have these really natural teachable moments with my Emily where, hey, let's count out how many eggs we're, we're using. Let's clean up. Let's do that. So it does give us as adults, as caregivers, an opportunity to be very present literally, I know we're talking about the holidays. Sorry. Do you know, I cracked myself <laughs> literally to be present with our children and just really doing activities. Also, Jen and I come from a world where if it's 20 degrees Fahrenheit or up, those kiddos are outside. So please, please, please don't be scared of the cold. This is a discussion we have in my home all the time, but sometimes everybody gets a little stir crazy being inside, but if it's reasonable and you can bundle the little ones up, we would definitely encourage you to get outside. And even if you have older kiddos or you as an adult need some fresh air, just bundle up, get outside. As long as you're being safe, I think um, being outside during the winter is very relieving and it can help with some of the symptoms that we see people exhibiting. And you know that I am just giggling because Puda can see me. You all out listening are unable to see. I am in a winter hat because I have just come in from doing that. You know, we started, I started by saying the sun is out. Um, I work best when I've had a good walk. And so I was out for a walk in the sunshine and I am still in my stocking cap hat as I come in to do the podcast. But, but truly, and, and I know that they would say this as well, um, that we do have to get out and move our bodies. And that's a perfect time for conversation. And I know that we have stressed this in other episodes Talking with our children, my eldest just left to go back to the university, and we asked him about what he was thankful for from the week. And he said, honestly, I looked forward to the walks, and I'm so glad that was something that we could build it in. Um, so I think that, you know, Literacy is, is all of the things. It's our speaking. It's our listening. It is the reading and writing. But it's through those oral conversations that we have little big in between um, that we make our best connections. Absolutely. And you just reminded me about conversations with our little ones. And that's a great chance for you to even do your syllables. If we're walking outside and we see a snowman, we can clap it out, snowman, and we can talk about how the word is broken up into two parts. My little one is getting into opposites right now. So we'll do lots of opposite conversations, which is very natural for a toddler, I'll say. But I was just thinking, walking outside or even walking around the grocery store, walking around the mall if you need to be there, and talking about words, clapping them out, rhythm. These are skills that when I talk, early Ellen, John can testify to this now, not all students are able to manipulate their sounds. So caregivers, teachers, this is a great, easy activity. It gets them moving and it gets them thinking. Is there anything else that you wanted to share, John? You know, I just, 
I heard you say it then, and I think we forget about it, but this is a perfect time of year to practice rhyme. We have so many holiday songs, so many holiday stories, and rhyme is not in our children's ear. Um, so truly, while you're on those walks, while you're in the kitchen baking, it's very, very simple to throw out rake and bake. Let's make a cake and ask them if they hear rhyme and just make it fun, honestly. And try not to take yourself so seriously because truly, I know that I fall into that and it's not much fun. (laughs) Just not much fun. I would give you advice about not taking yourself seriously, but I struggle with the same. So we'll have to get a guest speaker, not taking yourself seriously. But truly, it's such an interesting time because we are still in a pandemic. And in some ways, things are going back to normal, but in other ways, they're not. Right now, our area has schools going virtual. And we, I personally anticipate that as we get closer to the holidays, we'll see more schools opting to go virtual, either due to sickness or staff shortages. So giving ourselves that grace and that flexibility that we're going to take things as they come and they're not going to be perfect. They just need to be good for us and not justifying why you're sitting certain activities out or why you're opting into certain activities. You don't need to over explain what works either in your home or in your classroom setting. Because I truly believe every parent, every educator, every child, I just heard my name, by the way, um, is doing the best they can during this time. Jen, we're going to wrap up, but you're giving me that look. Do you have something else you want to talk about? I don't have something else to talk about, but I came with a pop quiz for you today, Huda. So I'm going to hit you with it. No math questions, right? No. Well... You may take this as a math question. So your alma mater won a really big football game yesterday. Yes. I would love to know if you could come up with the year that that happened last. When did we last beat OSU? 2005? You tried. What was it? (laughs) 2011. 2011. Oh, I didn't give us enough credit then. I <laughs> that that was the last win. Okay, here's my. I don't know what you're sipping today. Um, I can show you that I'm sipping from my red snowman snowman mug. The last sip of coffee. What is Starbucks' number one holiday drink? So I'm drinking the sugar cookie latte iced. Um, is but is the number one drink like a vanilla latte? It is. It is a vanilla latte, and the close runner-up. I did some more research. Is the peppermint mocha? My favorite falls fourth. What is it? It's not a commercial for Starbucks, but I will tell you the Irish cream cold brew. If you've not had it. It has a lovely, distinct taste. And mm. my my oldest and I said, the only thing that would be better is if they brewed black coffee and made us ice cubes out of it. We were talking about that today. 
All right, for your third question. How many Christmas cookies or holiday cookies should be given per person? This was a surprise to me. So think about how many cookies you would enjoy on your own. And that's what they're saying for platters this year. Are, are they regular size? Like they're not mini cookies, right? So that's interesting. They also said chewy bites were the best. So a bite size and a chewy. Okay, five cookies. I thought it would be in the neighborhood of five too. They said that you should include three cookies per person, but never less than a dozen cookies on a tray. Go figure. I'm going to have to write that down. Three cookies per person, never less than a dozen on a tray. And mix them up. So you have to make more than one kind of cookie. I'm in trouble. Do the take and bake ones um, the take and come in like varieties? Because they're just getting what's in there. That's going to be our like ticket to um, becoming millionaires. We're going to make variety of frozen cookies to bake. There you go. I love it. All right. And the final thing before we go for today, who's decorating the tree at your house? Is it a masterpiece or do you let Emily do the decorating? Um, it's, we think it's a masterpiece, um, but Emily has had a big role in our Christmas tree. She has rearranged the ornaments and the bells and our Michigan ornament several times. Um, she's also moved the Minnie Mouse ornaments that we have for her. So she definitely has a big hand, literally, in our Christmas tree. How about you when your kiddos were younger? Who was decorating the tree? So that's interesting. And we, we've talked about that this weekend too. Um, we had multiple trees. Okay. And I had a hard time in my own head with not rearranging and placing ornaments. Um, I didn't. But I also had two young men that they would do a little bit, and then they were out of there. They lost interest and would move on to the next thing. So, you know, getting people to help me was was also tricky. Our tree went up this morning. I was so proud because I did it all on my own this year, and everyone woke up and came downstairs. And guess what? I still had critiquers who said, <laughs> well, maybe if we turn it this way. Yeah. So you know what? Next year they get to do it. <laughs> For sure. For sure. But I'm sure your tree looks wonderful. Ours went up on Thanksgiving evening. So when we got home, that was our family activity. We totally had a blast and it wasn't done. Like it's slowly been completed over the past few days. But everyone... We want to thank you so much for listening and please, please, please. If you like what you hear, consider leaving a review for us. It helps out tremendously. We can't wait to talk to you again when we talk about what to do about writing. So be on the lookout for that episode until then take care. And thank you so much for listening. Be well. Thank you for listening to learners and leaders. The Education Podcast, where all things literacy, learning, and growth are discussed. 
If you like what you heard today, let Huda and Jennifer know by subscribing and leaving a comment. And we will see you again next time.